Uh, definitely semi-professional footballer back in the day, a long, long time ago. Uh, if you've got a Bible, uh, I'd love to encourage you to open it up. We're continuing our series in Matthew's Gospel. The words are also going to come up on the screen. But today, we're just looking at a few verses uh, in Matthew chapter 11, starting at verse 28. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't have a particularly good reputation when it comes to cars. Uh, I don't know if there's any mechanics amongst us, uh, but Emily and I have been married for almost 25 years, but one of our very first dates, we were planning to go out, uh, we ended up getting in the car, and we were on our way, and I tried to start the car, and nothing happened. Tried again, nothing happened, and so I thought, well... It wasn't a particularly new car. In fact, this was the car. It was my little metallic blue Ford Fiesta. And uh, I thought what I'll have to do is I'll have to phone the AA. So I phoned the AA and it took ages for the mechanics to come. And I thought, this is not how I was planning this date. But anyway, after a while, the guy came and he did the usual thing, turned up, opened the bonnet, started looking at everything. And I thought it was obviously some kind of mechanical fault. He couldn't find anything wrong. So he just said, well, I can't find anything wrong. And then he just said, when was the last time you put petrol in the car? And I sort of looked down at my feet, and I was like, oh, no. Turned out the car was just completely dry. You would think I had learned my lesson on filling the car with petrol, uh, but one time I was taking my eldest son, Jack, back to Bath University, this time in a slightly newer car, even with one of those digital monitors that sort of counts down how many miles it goes, and I nearly ran out of petrol again. And it doesn't just exist in the UK for me. Last summer, we were on our way to France, fully loaded, all the family, bikes on the back, bikes on the roof, and we were driving along. We'd been going for a few hours, and I thought, I need to fill up. Perfect. So I saw the garage, pulled off, and came in. But I got slightly nervous, because I'm not a particularly good driver. And you know, sometimes with those sort of like barriers that mean you can't get tall vehicles through, I sort of spotted that, and I, and I panicked, because I had the bikes on the roof. And I thought, we're never going to get under it. And I sort of moved to the right-hand side, and it ended up in the lorry lane, which basically just took me back onto the motorway. And so there we were, driving with hardly any fuel, back on the motor. I was thinking, oh, there'll be a garage soon. But it was like the car was getting quieter and quieter as people were panicking more and more. And the digital counter was going down and down and down. And when it got to zero, we completely there was hush in the car. We turned off the air conditioning. I was driving really slowly in kind of like a low gear in the inside lane. I, I mean, no one was talking, but everyone was praying. I don't know how we got to the petrol station, but we finally managed to make it. And we must have been driving on the Holy Spirit. But it's never fun running on empty. It's not just cars. We all probably do not like this sign. We don't like this one either. When we're working, plug it in. It's a challenge for us. Running on empty is simply not fun. 
it's not a nice experience. In fact, it can be quite stressful. It can be harmful. It's, of course, easy to get to the nearest petrol station. It's easy to plug in your phone or your laptop. But the question is, where do we go when we feel like we're running on empty? When we feel like we're overwhelmed or overburdened? For some of us, it might be the time to binge on a box set or start scrolling through uh, social media. I don't know what your thing is. Maybe it's going to the gym. Maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's getting out with, in nature. Maybe getting together with friends. Uh, it might even be going to church. Maybe it's heading to the fridge or to the bottle. Maybe it's just trying to do something that will distract you or aim to make a moment of escape when you just feel like the juice has been squeezed out of life. In this passage here in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus encourages us amid all the busyness of life to come to him, to plug in to the mains, to refuel on him, to live life his way. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This is an amazing invitation for each one of us tonight, wherever you're at. But I suspect we're all in different ways, struggling with the to-do list, stressed in some way, perhaps overwhelmed. Maybe we feel overburdened. Maybe you feel like you're drowning in a sea of the cares of this life. And in a way, it's hardly surprising that we're living life like that, facing those kind of challenges. We're living in testing times. We live in one of the most densely populated, fast-paced cities in the modern world. And life has changed dramatically. I don't know if any of you have read uh, Tyler Statton's book, Praying Like Monks and Living Like Fools. In that book, he talks about some of the cultural challenges that we face today and also the impact of three really significant inventions in history that have had an effect on our levels of rest. The clock, the light bulb, and of course, the beloved iPhone. We can become obsessed with achievement, with clock watching, with productivity, with efficiency, after the invention of the light bulb, literally our rest time reduced hugely. Rather than sort of getting up when it was light and going to bed when it was dark, the light bulb enabled us to work more hours and socialize for more hours. In the 1970s and 80s, the introduction of time-saving technologies such as uh, dishwashers, washing machines, uh, microwaves, all those things were meant to give us more disposable leisure time. But in fact, studies show that our rest time went down. When Apple first released the iPhone, can you believe this? June 2007. It doesn't really feel very long ago. But with that device, they gave us something to capture data research. And a 2016 study found that the average iPhone user touches their phone, get this, 2,617 times a day, staring at their phone screen for two and a half hours. A more recent 2019 study discovered that in just three years, that figure had more than doubled to around five hours a day. 
Now, I'd be lost without my iPhone. iPhones do amazing, great things. Uh, but we know, don't we, they can be a challenge for us. Recent research suggests that people are spending a third of their waking time on mobile apps. Tyler Statton, he says this, instead of slowing down and harnessing technology to free up leisure time, we now suffer from what mental health professionals call hurry sickness, a behavioral pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiety. In different ways, this affects us all. In this moment, there'll all be things that you can think of, tasks that you need to do, demands that are being put upon you, responsibilities that you have. And these different tasks and responsibilities, they don't just take energy from us, but they take different types of energy. Think of it a little bit like a cow that has four stomachs to digest food. For us, there are four different types of energy. There's physical energy. It's a fairly obvious one, but there's emotional energy, how we tend to relate to others, how we emotionally process the stuff that's happening in our lives. Then there's mental energy, what we might call creative energy, how we make decisions, how we process life, how we make plans. And fourthly, there's spiritual energy. So all of us have these four different types of energy that we're drawing on, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And if you're here tonight and you're feeling drained or tired or depleted in some way, you would do well to try and diagnose which of those four tanks is feeling low on energy. A number of weeks ago, uh, I took my son Theo, our youngest, to one of his Sunday football matches. And unusually, it was an afternoon kickoff, which I was really excited about. I was really looking forward to him playing, because obviously I'm usually here on a Sunday and I don't get to see him in the morning. But it was amazing. I was really excited. But it was a little bit stressful, I've got to be honest. I led the service here in the morning. I rushed home, put him in the car. And Weirdly, on that day, it was so frustrating. I was out of 4G on my phone. And it's kind of like my lifesaver in those moments for directions. I'm normally following Waze. Uh, the Spond app is what I use, along with WhatsApp, to communicate to the team in those sort of team moments. And it was pouring down with rain. And it was just a horrendous journey. I sort of started driving through sort of Battersea and then up to Clapham and then Stockwell and then Camberwell. And then we got all the way to Lewisham. And it was just, it was just a dreadful journey, drizzling with rain. We got there minutes before kickoff. And I sort of threw Theo out the car. He ran onto the pitch. He played the game. I parked the car. Later, I got a parking ticket for parking in the wrong place. I watched the match, and uh, they played really well, but they lost 3-1. Put him in the car back, sort of charged all the way back through the pouring rain, back through that journey, and then made it back here to the service for 5 o'clock. And uh, I got to the end of the night and sort of fell on the sofa. And I just felt so utterly drained. And it wasn't really physical. Theo was the one who had done all the running around on the pitch. But I felt completely drained mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. The philosopher Dallas Willard, he once called hurry the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. 
And he urges us as the followers of Jesus to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Most of us live life at a pace. We kind of enjoy living life that way. And yet those words of Jesus reverberate in our hearts and our minds. Jesus saying, come to me and I will give you rest. He's saying, don't go there for comfort. He's saying, come to me. I'll show you another way to live. And notice in this passage, Jesus doesn't say, come to God. Instead, he presents himself as God. That's the claim of the New Testament. If anyone is here tonight and you're thinking, well, how does this whole Trinity thing work? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus is God. You see, this isn't just about mindfulness. Somehow when we're stressed, tapping into some kind of higher power. This is about day by day living in a relationship with Jesus. And you might say, well, can it be that simple? Just being in a relationship with Jesus. Well, on the one hand, yes. On the other hand, no. On the one hand, we can simply be still and know that he is God. The prophet Isaiah says he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. The psalmist in Psalm 40 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. Jesus says, just come, come to me. It's simple. Spend time with him. Make space in your diary. Cultivate patterns and rhythms. Spend time in prayer, in scripture, in worship, in community. But there's also more to it than that. What he's saying here is that when we come to him, he'll show us another way to live. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. You see, the way of Jesus is a way of life. If we want to experience the life of Jesus, we have to live the lifestyle of Jesus. And what Jesus is saying, I think, here in these verses is that if you follow me, I'll show you how to carry life and its responsibilities and its tasks in a different way so that you won't be overwhelmed. You won't be overburdened. When I read these verses, I find it interesting that Jesus doesn't say, come to me and I'll give you a holiday. Come to me and I'll sort out more annual leave with your boss. Come to me and I'll take away all your problems. Come to me, I'll relieve all of your stress. That's not how it works. Jesus knows that life can be tough. Elsewhere, he says, in this life, you will have trouble. He gave us a clue. There's going to be stuff in life which is challenging. He doesn't promise us an easy life. But he does promise us an easy yoke. Jesus says, this is the answer. Take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy 
and my burden is light. Listen to me, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. A yoke was something that was meant to ease the burden, to help carry a heavy load. A yoke, of course, not to be confused with an egg yoke, but it was something that was sort of used as, a, as an instrument for farming. And it was often used as like a wooden beam. You can see here in the picture across two cattle when they were plowing a field or pulling something really heavy behind them. It was a work instrument. It may seem kind of strange to give someone who's already tired and heavy laden something to go to work with, something to put on them. If I'm honest, I'd much rather a holiday or a duvet to get under. But Jesus knows that the most restful gift that he can give to us is a new way to carry life, to not try and do it in our own strength, but to do it with him, a fresh way to bear responsibilities and the burdens of life. That's what Jesus gives us in the Sermon on the Mount, those chapters over these last few weeks that we've been looking at. He's giving us as his followers a different way to live. And if we put those practices into our daily rhythm and routine, that will change how life feels. See, his yoke is to bless those who persecute us. His yoke is to be salt and light. His yoke is to love and to serve others, to have healthy relationships, to forgive, to be generous, to pray, and to fast. His yoke is not to worry about anything, but to trust in him. His yoke is to not judge others, but to be fruitful, living his way, living for him. Here in Matthew's gospel, Jesus, he's predominantly speaking to the Jews. And they, at that time, were under a heavy weight of rules and regulations. In fact, the teaching of the rabbis of the time was described as a yoke there were many times when Jesus would say of the, the Pharisees, you're putting heavy things onto the people. That was the yoke of teaching that they were given. And of course, this term would also have resonance back into the Old Testament, that God would free the people uh, of Israel out of the slavery, out of that yoke of oppression that was put on them by Pharaoh. They had a yoke. They had a burden to carry. And in a way, because of the fall, we all have a yoke. We all have a weight to bear as people in this world. Let me illustrate it uh, this way. Ben, can I borrow you? Come on, give Ben a round of applause, everybody. My beautiful assistant. And uh, for us today, we all have a weight to bear. So maybe it feels like we're carrying our political terrain. We may like it, we may loathe it, but in some way we have to carry this terrain that we're in. 
There might be times when we feel like we're carrying comparison. I mean, it used to be that you would compare yourself to the Joneses down the road. Do you remember that? Now you compare yourself to everyone around the globe with social media. We carry that weight of technology. We carry that weight of the media on top of us. And so, it, let's see if this, oh, can you carry it, Ben? Come on, just. Uh, so going to rest. Oh, there we go. I, you need to get, you know, the, the load continues. Um, it may be that we carry expectation. It might be expectation that we put on ourselves or relationships. So challenging. Or the culture that we're living in. And sometimes it's really hard to see in front of us for all that we're carrying in our life. You know, but there's so much. There's our present problems. You're all probably thinking about Monday morning. What have I got to do tomorrow? What's coming at me? What's on the to-do list? You know, there's stuff that we carry from the past. So much baggage. Things that have been done to us. Maybe things that we've done ourselves that we would love to be free of. And of course, future. How are you doing, Ben? All of this becomes such a huge, huge weight for us to bear. No wonder we're exhausted. No wonder sometimes we don't know how to move forward. But you see, what Jesus says to us, and he invites us, he says, come to me. And the invitation is to put all this down. Do you want to put that down? And what Jesus is saying is that actually, come to me. For I'm gentle and humble. His way isn't one of striving, it's one of grace. And when we come to him, we can take these things, our future worries, our present problems, the expectations that are put on us, the comparison, even the political situation that we're in, our past regrets, the media, culture. You know, this isn't an exhaustive list. There might be so many things that you're facing at this time that are burdens that you're carrying. But when we come to Jesus, we can give them to him. And what he says is, take my yoke upon you, which is light and easy. Which one would you prefer? Right answer. Good man. Let's give him a round of applause. You see, the difference is that Jesus' yoke is easy and it's light. It's not to say there's nothing to carry. But with him, we can carry these things. Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on the Mount is giving us another way to live. When those people are annoying you in the office or at school or college or university, you know, he's saying turn the other cheek. That will go better for you in your relationships. Maybe if you're struggling with your finances, he's saying be generous. Give away. It was amazing to hear that testimony a few weeks ago where it was 
to hear that we're trying to control our finances all the time. But actually, when we give it over to him, we can feel free. We can develop a balanced way of carrying life with him. I love how one theologian puts it. He says, instead of offering escape from the burdens of the world, Jesus offers us equipment. What he means by that is he's giving us tools to live. You see, this isn't about us just going slow or finding time for more rest or even quiet time with Jesus. This is about listening to his voice, being in step with him. When we're yoked with him, we're united with him. It's really difficult if you're yoked, you know, think of those two cattle. It's very difficult for them to be pulling in different directions. You can't have one running really fast and the other one trying to go really slow. What Jesus is saying here is, I want you to go at my pace. Maybe that's a quick pace. Or I want you to go at a slower pace. We need to be listening to him, spending time with him. When we do that, then we find here, as it says, rest for our souls. It was St. Augustine who said, Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. I wonder today what's wearing you out. I wonder what it is that's weighing you down. Do you find yourself going to some of those other places for comfort? Jesus says, come to me. Take my yoke upon you. I love how the message Bible translation puts it. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and rightly. That's the kind of relationship that Jesus wants each one of us to experience with him. And we can start that right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Should we stand together? I'm going to pray and then we're going to worship. Jesus, thank you so much that we get life with you. Thank you, Lord, that we're not on our own. Thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. And tonight, God, we want to put our hands into your hands. And we ask, God, that you would lead us and that you would guide us. We thank you that your burden is easy. Thank you that you don't want to put anything heavy on us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship him.